0: Here comes, here, in watch out! Comes. He's gone! Whoa. Point, because it's a 6% slope, 50
1: feet. So right now it will gather speed. Good Wait. weight.
0: two-footer, oh my goodness. All the way! Ah!
1: Can you believe that? Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome back, Walk It In Podcast, episode 45, the Players Championship, the fifth major, big tournament coming up, uh, coming off Scotty Scheffler's second win in three weeks. He's rolling. The tour is hot. Looking tour forward is hot. to a tour is so hot. We're looking forward to a star studded players. Uh I love this tournament. I know it's cliche to say it's the f- fifth major. I don't care uh it, it's that exciting for me what do you think
0: yeah and well this week i'm a little bit bummed about the weather forecast but we can debate if we think that this is going to make it more fun or less fun i will say and i am not the person who who penned this but i've heard it and i think it's very very on point for the PJ tour No wonder so many guys were bolting for the Saudi league for auto paychecks. And they are typically the guys who are older because when Scotty Scheffler and Will Zalatoris and Colin Morikawa and Justin Thomas and John Rahm keep a knock-in, there's just no more wins left in the PGA Tour for the old guys.
1: Speaking of money, though, the purse this week. Oh, this week,
0: it's insane. $20 million.
1: Almost $4 million for first
0: place. The next closest purse, I don't know what the Masters purse is, but the next closest in terms of just the PJ Tour, I think, is twelve million. I bet the Masters is like fourteen or fifteen. This is bananas. It's a big week. The tour is hot. I mean, that's what we're saying. They got this Saudi Golf League. They're like, hey, we got a tournament with twenty million dollar payday. If you finish inside the top ten, I think you at least make three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Like that's a good weekend's work.
1: Yeah. Did you uh, Did you catch the Arnold Palmer this week?
0: I did. I watched a lot of it, um, had a couple different moments where I was hoping, you know, maybe the luck could bounce my way between Sam Burns and Corey Connors, both being in it, but not really in it. It was just more that it was so difficult. It kind of felt like everything could just keep trickling back down to the pack. And you needed, I needed Corey Connors, your boy to find his success in the par par fives in the back 90. Couldn't do it. That was the end of his, his weekend, but it was tough man. Those guys were pissed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, obviously my guy Rory, um I did hit uh I I ended up being I guess a lucky win. It was too uh, close for comfort.
0: That but, that looked uh, over after day 1 and then Rory made you sweat it until the final hole.
1: Yeah, unbelievable stuff. Obviously he's got a, a two-shot lead after Thursday. He's looking unstoppable then kind of limps home with a 72 76 76. Ends up beating Rom by one stroke, finishing t uh, thirteen. I honestly, I, after Thursday, I thought maybe we don't have to watch the tournament the rest of the week because Rory is just going to run away. And couldn't have been further from the truth, honestly. And the I had guys on my card like Matt Fitzpatrick, who you know finished two strokes ahead of Rory, which I just didn't expect.
0: Matt Fitzpatrick was a great bet. He was another guy who was probably playing pretty good golf. Uh, on Sunday compared to his peers and was probably in a position to continue to make some noise, but ran out of holes and, and the leaders just didn't come far enough back. I'll be honest, I was pulling for Gary Woodland. They really wanted him to get it done. And that scene on 17 when he, I mean, it took a backswing of maybe 18 inches and then chunked it. It was weird. I, I saw the ball mark. They zoomed in on it. Obviously, he hit it into the greenside bunker. It didn't sit in its mark, so it wasn't a fried egg. But it kind of rolled back and was kind of half in, half out of the mark. Maybe he was trying to do something there. Who knows? But that was a tough scene after an incredible eagle on the 16th hole to come back and give it right back. And then Scotty closed the door. And Scotty closed the door on a couple of holes where he could have had a double of his own. And he his putting, part. Jeff.
1: Let me tell you, his putting was insane. The par scores making. I mean, we talked about we've talked about Scottie Scheffler, obviously a, a bunch over these last two years. And I didn't know, you know, exactly if he had like the fire to be like one of the world's elite. Uh, not only is he proving me wrong, he's got the stones with his putter. He's had the stones on Sundays this year. And, um, you know, now number one at FedEx cup uh, standings, he's, he's not going anywhere, right?
0: No, nowhere. And, and, it's cool that the the whole Ryder cup scene where he was stones against rom and, and now he's just shown it at a whole new level he's stones in these big tournaments coming down the stretch making the putts that matter putting himself in position like yeah sure horschel and gooch and these other guys came back but scotty battled in probably the toughest conditions that any pga pro has played in since I don't know. Early last year, I mean, it's been a while since there's been something that tested the guys to that level. And I mean, Rory's comments—you mentioned it. Some of them thought it was borderline unfair. They may have been right to a certain they, extent.
1: They no, they were right, Jeff. Um, it just the the part where it just wasn't rewarding good shots. Like, right, exactly. They would land. They would land the ball on the front of the green, like or wherever, like exactly where they wanted to, and it would just. Shoot off the green, like land in a collar. That
0: happened to Horschel on 17. He hit a seed at the pin, one big hop into the bunker. I think he managed to save Par. Actually, I'm almost certain that he did. Um, but he should have been putting for Birdie, like legitimate birdie chance. And I I complained about Horschel getting that drop on 18 on Saturday, which put him in a tie for the lead. But some of that stuff was borderline, like just criminal. Because you're right. There was no good option. Everything was penal at that point then. What are we doing, right? Like you got to yeah. reward something that's good, something that's, you know, there, there has to be a good option, whether yeah. you can make that work for yourself or not, but there were no good options.
1: Quick, quick note, um, just on how hot the tour actually is and uh, credit to Justin Ray for tweeting this tonight. Uh, this is the first time in the official world golf ranking that the entire top five is under 30 years old. That's pretty cool. It's awesome. Cantlay turns 30 next week, so it's going to change. Uh, and Rory's number six just fell out of the top five, but still pretty cool going to the players that everybody, the, the top five golfers in the world currently are all under 30 years old. Pretty
0: awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we're going to see, I think, every single one of them because uh, who would miss a, a $20 million purse minus a couple guys who have legitimate reasons for not being there. Bryson withdrew for an injury, Kevin Na for uh, the birth of his child. But this is a, I alluded to this earlier. um, And maybe we'll just kind of segue the Bay Hill course conditions because they had weather of their own with what's on deck for this week. And and we can come back to Bay Hill, but I think it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens because they are saying it's going to be a soaked Jacksonville. Like, And not just, Hey, a shower might pop up, but no, like there's going to be rain consistently from basically tomorrow through Saturday.
1: I'm interested to see your card um, to see if maybe you're favoring Europeans this week or specific quote unquote weather players. Mm -hmm. Um, It will be fun, I think. And uh, honestly, just, The scoring um, last week at Bay Hill and just not being a birdie fest and being a little penal, I thought it was enjoyable. Like it was cool. It was cool watching it, not having a winner beat 20 under.
0: Yep. Par was a good score. I agree with you. I still think that there's something to, there has to be a good option um, with every shot. But yes, overall, that is the kind of golf I enjoy to watch. This week, I'm pretty sure. We're going to see some, I mean, guess it's all rain dependent. I mean, if they got preferred lies or whatever, then this all goes out the window, but usually a little bit better. I mean, they like to test these guys. The the PGA tour puts a lot of pride into this tournament. Um, They had posted a video today of them discussing the pin location on the 17th hole. Uh, It's going to be very, very interesting to see how the tour manages all of this. Um, Quickly, in terms of bets, last week you touched on Fitzpatrick top 20. um, Zalatoris went the wrong way on Sunday. Um, you had the win bet. I had the top 20. That was a, a brutal beat. Lanto also went the wrong way on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I mean, Lanto Griffin was in pretty good shape. He was. The first two rounds, yes. and then another guy 76 77 on the weekend. Like, yeah. Lanto, yeah. he was in the top 10 for a good chunk of the first two days.
0: I was pleased with the way the Sam Burns bet played out. I, I thought that I Again, he didn't win, and I only had the win bet. But I was pleased with things coming back around. Maybe a little foreshadowing to one of my picks this week. The putting was his concern, was his uh, problem, um, and he sorted that out. He had other good statistics to match up going into uh, Arnold Palmer last week. Didn't end up getting it done, but still, uh, I believe a top ten finish for for Sammy Burns. We'll see. See if he returns this week to the card. Maybe spoiler alert there on two different bets for me this week. Anybody else for you that stood out?
1: Uh, no, other than the guys that I mentioned, I thought my handicaps were pretty good. Obviously, I only hit on a couple of those bets with, with the Rory matchup and, and Fitzpatrick. But like you said, uh, Lance Griffin played pretty well. Spenson actually played pretty well the first couple of days uh, or the first day and a half, I should say, and then really went the wrong way. But, um, you know, just we turn the page. Now strap in for the players. We'll have, uh, you know, I'll have DraftKings lineups going and other, you know, we, we got the, our, our one and done pool uh, we can touch on if we want. I wish we had more units than than the five we're, we're giving out, um, uh, you know, yet again, because there are some guys who just missed the cut that we can talk about. But uh, overall, really excited about this
0: tournament. And I think some of my bets might shock you a little bit. I'm I'm excited to hear that. I agree with you. Maybe we should take it under advisement for a, a unit increase for the majors. Since this is the fifth major, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how this all plays out. If if some of the guys that just missed the cut end up cashing the bets, maybe we'll maybe we'll revisit our rule. Um, and for the four majors, maybe we'll, we'll bump it up. But uh, I'm excited to hear who you got. We'll quickly touch on TPC Sawgrass before we get into the picks and the breakdowns. Very penal golf course, peak dye design, lots of, of eye tricks, eye candy out there, um, and a lot of water. A lot of areas uh, to dunk your ball. One of the most penal golf courses on the PGA Tour year after year. Uh, The 17th hole is obviously one everybody knows. The better than most putt from Tiger Woods. A lot of history here. The PGA Tour has a really good thing going. I'm really hopeful that the weather ends up cooperating. But as we've already touched on, looks like it could be soaked this week. You're talking about a relatively short course by PGA Tour standards just over 7,100 yards. Um, it will be difficult. Uh, it's been an interesting kind of year, uh, not year, but this tournament always has interesting storylines. Justin Thomas wins last year. Hideki won in 2020, but you know <laughs> he didn't enough. really win uh, with the COVID shortening. We had Roy McIlroy. We had Webb Simpson. We've had other names like Siwoo Kim, um, who have won this tournament. But it does kind of feel like the big boys end up uh, to get it done when it's all said and done anything on the course this week for you
1: no you touched on it all uh gonna be gonna be difficult uh gonna be wet and um i think for the most part guys on my card have at least some sort of experience um you know some sort of success here so um looking forward to it and um we can we can kick it off with the uh the top of the odds board. Um John Rom tied for first, uh, or tied for favorite, uh, according to DraftKings right now. I've got him and JT both at ten to one right now.
0: Yes, and we are DraftKings players, so I will I will revise this number. But I want to say that when I placed it, I did place them on a different app, which was offering thirteen to one. So you are do correct. Your, do your line shopping, folks. I always find the best line. Uh, but you're right. DraftKings ten to one tie with Justin Thomas and you you teed me up perfectly. Uh, I'm taking John Rahm this week. The the number is at a point where there is value, and that's what we talk about on this podcast. John Rahm's putting and around the green game have let him down for far too many weeks, and that's just not typical John Rahm. I talked about this with Sam Burns last week. I teased it a couple minutes ago. That number that part of your game can come and go and comes and goes more frequently than other pieces. And the piece that doesn't really come and go and definitely doesn't come and go with John Rahm is his approach game and his off the tee game. he has been lights out one of the absolute best across the PGA tour for the better part of a couple seasons. Now, Colin Morikawa would like to have a word with me about that, but in terms of consistency, John Rahm's there. I'm going to place this bet with the same handicap that I placed the Sam Burns bet last week. The putting will come around. The around the green game will come around. He's too good. He's had decent success here in the past. T9 last year, T12 in 2019, played pretty well here before it was shut down in COVID in 2020. I just don't see John John Rahm not being a single digit, like an eight to one, seven to one, six to one. This is where I want to jump on John Rahm. So I'm taking him for the win, I'm taking him for a, a, a half unit. Uh, you know, I guess. I got to switch this now. Damn it. Uh, 10 to one for, I'm going to have to play around with these units. Cause I want a full unit on John Rom, and I'm not sure <laughs> where I'm going to get it. So, uh, we'll come back to this, but for now it's a half unit. I might try to find a way to get a full, a full unit on there.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I considered Ron this week, just because like you said, where, where he's at value wise, um, you know, at the double digit, um, uh, range on, on the odds board. Obviously, you you found a 13 to 1, but anywhere from 10 to 13 to 1, I, th- I think there's some value there. I'm going to start my card a little bit lower down on a guy that I bet you probably didn't think I'd be on uh, in this tournament, and that's Xander. Uh, Xander Shoffley is 25 to 1 currently. I've got a half unit on him to win the tournament and then a full unit on a uh, top 20 at plus 120. Xander's playing really well. He's missed the last two cuts here. Um, but the uh, the year before that in 2018, finished T2. He's also playing really well. Uh, finished T13 at the Genesis, T3 in Phoenix. Um, and his stats are just, they continue to jump off the, the charts at, uh, at me. So he's uh, 30th in approach. He's 25th off the tee uh 13th T D green you know he's uh, probably uh when he's on uh one of the better putters in general um and, and still is, is gaining strokes putting uh even struggling the last few weeks with that particular uh skill set uh i think xander can get it done this week and uh i'm really high on him especially at that price where I probably going in thought he would have been closer to like 20 to one. So happy to take 25 to one and then the top 20 at plus money.
0: You know, and you you said this um, in that Xander handicap, the the course history piece matters, but it also kind of feel like it doesn't matter here. There's been a lot of oscillations between made cuts and winning and top tens and missed cuts. It's, it feels like this is maybe it's the Pete Dye nature. Maybe there's just something to the, the hazards and the penalties that trip guys up who, who may normally have success here. And, and it's a bit of a crapshoot when it's all said and done. Um, you, you actually moved right on through a couple guys that I feel like we should just touch on. And, and one of those guys, to me, I, I mentioned this in the the John Ron handi, Handicap. As we move down the odds board, it's clear neither one of us has action on Colin Murakawa. What What is your reasoning for not having action on Colin Morikawa? Um...
1: It's honestly it's nothing more than a lack of public, units. <laughs> well, lack of units, but how just how public he is. I I can't read one article, one tweet, one anything without seeing Morikawa's name in the winner's circle. <laughs> you know, according to to, to the experts. Um, and uh, I'm probably just gonna wait to pull the trigger on him at um, at a couple of the the real majors, if you will. Um yes. So it's it's really more just. Staying away from the clear-cut public play this week.
0: Uh, I love I love everything you said. I think it, it has a lot to do with the public play for me, too. I actually found an interesting nugget this week. I was listening to the No Laying Up podcast, Sally interviewing Morikawa, and he asked him about a course, design a course that's perfect for Kyle Morikawa. And Morikawa mentioned that his preference is to put on Poana Green's. Poana greens are typically found on the West coast. He's from LA went to Cal, obviously won uh, the PGA at TPC Harding park, but you're not finding Poa greens here. You're finding Bermuda and Colin Morikawa has been one of the best putters on tour so far this season, which is uncommon. He's probably better than he was last year, but that's a huge jump. If you look at some of his numbers, his approach numbers have been good. They've been good, Right but he's been also supplementing that with some putting that I don't think is necessarily sustainable. I, I am actually selling shares in column this week. I think he'll ah. play well, but I don't think this whole come is a great player. I just don't actually think that this sets up that well for him. And I think there's a little bit of people buying high again, great player, but I don't necessarily think that that's the bet this week, considering the circumstances. So yeah, just had to throw that out there. We, couldn't miss the most public play on the podcast and in touch on why he's he's not a fit for us. Um, in that same window, bunch of 20s on Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantlay, you got Justin Thomas defending at 10 to one. Um, you mentioned Xander, Hideki, Victor Hovland are also in the 20s. As we move to the 30s, a couple interesting names in here, Adam Scott, Cameron Smith, Brooks Kepka, Daniel Berger, round out your 30s on DraftKings. I have two plays in this window. I have what do one. You, you have one play?
1: Yeah, I have one. Um, if you want me to, it, it'll be a quick a yeah. quick play. It's just a, an Adam Scott top 20. Um, so he's 30 to 1 right now. Uh, I don't think he'll win, uh, but I do like uh, a lot the odds that um, the value that I'm getting for a top 20 is currently plus 150, and I'm going to put a half unit on that. He's playing really, really well. Finished T26 at the uh, the Arnold Palmer last week. Had a T4 at Genesis two weeks before that. Um, had a 68 in round one at the Arnold Palmer without a driver in his bag. I thought he played excellent golf, and he's actually putting really well, which is very um, anti-Adam Scott, right? Mm-hmm. So he's currently 15th on tour in putting. When you uh, uh, combine that stuff with the rest of his game, um, I think his approach will be there. He's bombing the ball this year at over 311 yards per drive. And uh, I just, I like where he's at. I like his history on this course. Um, Plays really well. Um, Hasn't missed a cut since 2011 at this course, which I think is incredible considering the volatility that you mentioned earlier uh with some of the the world's elite at this course. Um, you know, he's got a bunch of uh, top 20s and top tens mixed in there. So um I don't think he has uh enough juice to win, but love a top 20 here at plus
0: 150. Yeah. Uh agree with you on everything with Adam Scott, guys history here speaks for itself. Not on my card, but you did touch on a couple, I mentioned a couple guys who are on mine and I will I will try to make this quick. I have two win bets in this window, both half a unit, both on guys at 35 to one. My first Daniel Berger going back to the well after he gutted me at Honda, I might've been gutted. I was gutted because I had like a unit on a 16 to one. Imagine how Daniel Berger felt losing that tournament and the amount of money that was associated with that first place finish. I think he lost by not winning in his final place. He lost like a million dollars. Whatever. I think Daniel Berger comes out this week very hungry. He's been playing really good golf now for a while. He's third in this field, according to Data Golf, in strokes gained approach. You have to be good on approach here. Obviously, there's penalties everywhere. He's had a decent finish here in the past, T9 last year. Um, I was also kind of looking at the weather really starts to suck. Like, what other tournaments can I look at? Maybe try to find some history. He did play well in the open this past year. I don't think the open was really like the open when we think about. Like really bad weather um, and trying to to figure it out. But Berger's been playing well for a while now. His approach numbers have been on point. Uh, I'm going to put the Honda Classic stuff aside and go back to the well. So I've got a half unit on Berger to win. And then my other bet, like I mentioned, is Kepka at half unit 35 to 1. He's been a bit more sporadic this year, not the the Brooks Kepka that we expect, but he is a guy who shows up in big tournaments. He's played well here, he plays well at the opens. He's a grinder like he'll give you he'll take what the course will give him. I think that's what I'm really looking forward this week with Brooks Kepka. He doesn't try to do too much and his combination of distance accuracy and his approach game has been good. He's just been a bad putter. He's been gaining strokes now for the last nine of the last 10 tournaments he's played. Um. Uh, or let me go back to that. I'm sorry, I, I misspoke. That was 2021 that I was looking at. He has been a little sporadic on approach. His putty numbers haven't been great, but I still think this is one where Brooks Kepka kind of shocks people, and 35 to 1 is a good number, and it, it really shouldn't shock anyone if Brooks Kepka plays well this week. No,
1: I um, it's something I considered, honestly, more than Berger. Uh, when I was doing my handicapping and my research, Berger obviously crossed my mind a little bit, uh, but I really did think Kepka at that number, um, there was some juice um, to, to that, considering how he's playing and how his game sets up for this course and, you know, how he's done in his last four appearances, three mm-hmm. out of his last four appearances here. Uh, definitely, think you're on something with both of those guys.
0: I missed I missed a top 20 on um, burger plus 175 for a unit. That that rounds out my sort of 30 to 1 window. Anybody else for you in that 30 or or maybe even 40? Dustin Johnson? Can I interest you in a ticket? 40 to 1? <laughs> uh
1: you cannot. Um I will be monitoring Dustin Johnson probably. He I feel like he's really flying under the radar this year. Um but um uh, I will go uh got a couple of guys at uh, the 40 to one number right now and honestly'd love to go back to the matt fitzpatrick well he's his back. time is yeah his time is coming he's going to win a tournament soon i keep saying that this could be the week i'm gonna put half a unit on the wind bed at 40 to one. And uh, a full unit on the top 20 at plus 175. I just, I love everything that Matt Fitzpatrick is doing. He finished T9 at the Arnold Palmer. He played really, really consistent golf all week, all four rounds. Um, Obviously really strong in the three three weeks prior to his withdrawal at the Genesis. uh, T12, T6, T10. Um, Doing everything really well. One of the world's elite. Uh, putters and he's seventh on tour and strokes gained T to green as well. So uh, sets up for a uh, Matt Fitzpatrick week, if I may Finished T nine here last year. So we'll see if, uh, see if we can improve on it. Love it.
0: Yeah. Matt Fitzpatrick is, is basically now your Sam burns. I, I think just it's official. Can't,
1: yeah. I mean, can't I quit. can't quit him. I just, I think he's, I honestly think he's elite and he keeps getting priced really, really low uh, for what his skill and form says he should be at.
0: He scares me just because the approach numbers, even through data golf like this year, his approach numbers haven't been that good. Everything else has been good.
1: He's 17th on tour in strokes gained approach.
0: Is he? Yeah. I was looking at January 1st through March 7th, and he's 98th in this field in strokes gained approach, according to them.
1: So it takes into account the entire season.
0: It um, takes so into consi- Yeah. But it also takes into consideration the, um, like some of the European events sure. that he's played. So uh, I, or, 17th you know.
1: in strokes and approach and that with his putting, forget about it. I love sure.
0: it. Sure. No, he's on a good trend. Yeah. He, definitely on a good trend line. And if I dig into Fitzpatrick actual profile on data golf, the 98 doesn't make sense. So maybe something's off there. Cause his other recent numbers look, look really good. Anybody else for you in that range? Did I, did I skip over anyone?
1: Um, no, I, I will say, so I'm looking at, um, at the DraftKings board right now. Zala has actually dipped from, uh, 50 to one to 40 to one now. And you and I were both looking at him, correct?
0: Yeah. I'm actually looking at it here in Chicago. Good number. 50 to one.
1: Yep. Still I'm locked at in it. at 50 to one also.
0: Yep. Um, yeah. If you missed, if you missed the boat, uh, it's going down a little bit, but yeah, I, I, why don't you take the first half of this wills out Torres handicap? Cause both of us think it's just a matter of time.
1: Yeah. Uh, had a dreadful Sunday at, at Arnold Palmer and, and Friday really, um, he, he got out to a really hot start was making putts from all over the place on Thursday at Bay Hill shot a 68 and then followed that up with 77 and then a 70 on Saturday, and then a 79 implosion on Sunday. So really inconsistent week at Bay Hill uh, for Zal Torres. But um, just like Matt Fitzpatrick, his time is coming to win a tournament. Unlike Fitzpatrick, he's not a strong putter, so his putting will have to cooperate in ways that Morikawa's putting cooperates when he Mm -hmm. wins. Um, His ball striking is just so elite. And I just, I don't want to be on the sidelines for Wills uh, Al-Torres <laughs> any longer. Um, I, that's, I feel that's, like I keep going back to him every single week, but he's going to win soon.
0: That's the thing. It's it's a sideline thing. I can't, I cannot afford at 50 to one to not have a bet on Wills al He shows up in difficult fields time and time again. He played well here in his debut last year it just again yeah you're exactly right it feels like it's going to happen and this podcast does not want to miss the boat he finished
1: Uh, 21st here last year exactly and so so he's shown he can get it done and we've we said that about more Morikawa
0: before he won and if and what was the only knock on Morikawa before he won not a great putter yeah yeah it comes and goes man you just need a hot week and and for that reason I got a top 20 bet I don't know if you mentioned it I got a top 20 at two to one for a unit on Taurus. I like him this week.
1: I'm on the same exact thing. So that's that's one bet. Uh, one guy that we can ride together on is, is yep. Will Z this week.
0: Yep. Um. You mentioned Fitzpatrick. I commented on, on uh, what he is to you is exactly what this person is to me. I had him on the board last week. I was happy with the handicap. So why not go back to it? At 55 to one, I'm taking Sam Bermuda Burns to win for a quarter of a unit. The putting improved. The approach numbers continue to be solid. I just don't see anything right now that concerns me about Sam Burns' gaming it. T9, last week at the Arnold Palmer, coming off three straight missed cuts. But before that, he had one at the Sanderson. He had, he's got five straight T19 or better. Three of those were top tens. It feels like Sam Burns continues to play well, but just doesn't get the respect. And he plays better on Bermuda. He's really only had one bad approach outing in his last 15 outings. So I think this is another situation where Sam Burns' his approach game is better than what people are giving him credit for. And historically, he is a better putter. And he showed that last week. Gained over a stroke and a half putting at the Arnold Palmer. On tough greens and tough conditions, he, he battled it. My only concern with someone like Sam Burns, and honestly some of the other guys on my card, is are they gassed? from this this past week like do they have enough in the tank to go play a challenging mentally stimulating tpc sawgrass
1: i mean i i think they should and uh i mentioned justin ray who just spits hot fire on twitter with all the stats and facts uh tonight he uh earlier tonight he tweeted most strokes gained putting per round in florida since 2019 with a minimum of 20 rounds Sam Burns is number one with 1.24 strokes gained putting per round. He's the only golfer since 2019 to gain over a stroke per round putting in Florida. So bodes well for your boy.
0: That does bode very well. Um, the approach numbers have been consistent. This guy grew up in Louisiana. He knows how to get it done. I'm, I'm excited. I got a top 20 bet on him at two to one for a half unit as well. And that does it for my card. What about for you? I've
1: got one more pick. It's in that same area of the, uh, the odds board. Um, Shane Lowry. I don't him often. He's 50 to one this week, just a win bet for a quarter of a unit. He uh, finished second at the Honda um, that rain soaked Honda finish uh, a couple weeks ago, but uh, I really like what Shane Lowry is doing. Uh, I think he plays really well in inclement weather, which we touched on earlier. He finished eighth at this tournament last year, so he's shown he can get it done. He's got another top twenty a couple of years ago um, in 2016 when when he finished tied for 16th. Um, yeah, just you know, a, a shot, a value shot here at 50 to one on, on Lowry. Um, I think just the totality of of how he's playing and and his history here. Why, why not take a, a small shot here at 50 to one for a guy who has won. Major tournaments before.
0: And played very well at Honda in also tough conditions. And of course, yeah. that challenges you with lots of penalty areas. So I i like it. He was on my radar as well this week. Um, didn't run the reconnaissance flight close enough to put him on the card, but I think he's got a good chance. One thing that didn't make my card that I just want to throw out there, and I want to get your take. You've done this before, bogey free round one. Given yes. the weather and the potential for preferred lies. I'm very intrigued by this by this bet. I didn't get it on my card. I was looking at the bogey avoidance numbers so far this year. First place, Kyle Morikawa. Second place, Patrick Cantlay. Sungjae Im, Daniel Berger, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Sammy Burns, Cameron Smith. That rounds out basically your top ten. Harris English is in there, but he's not playing. I think there's a lot of value. Justin Thomas and John Rahm at eight to one. Morikawa at ten to one. For a bogey-free round one with the potential for preferred lies, this right. feels like cheating.
1: Maybe, maybe this is a bet where Wednesday night or Thursday, real early, you get up and and check to see the PGA Tour Communications Twitter account and see if we're playing preferred lies, and then you lock it in at that time. Exactly,
0: I, I think that is exactly the way I'm going to play this. I will wait till the final minute, and if the weather is going to provide preferred lies, I am. Because they're going to make that call pretty quickly. I mean, they got to make it before the first group gets out there, right? Right. So yeah. it'll be before those numbers close. I I really like that. I almost want to play like, I want to play Rom and Morikawa for sure. And I kind of want to play Cantlet at 11 to 1. Mm-hmm. Um, just a bunch of gamers. Like, there's plenty of reasons. You know, one ball in the water and that bet is screwed. But we'll see. Um, you give these guys a nice juicy lie, they're going to find the center of the club face.
1: Yeah. Uh, a couple of guys that just missed my card um, stri- and I, I thought really hard about both of them strictly based on their course experience, their tournament experience. Sergio Garcia is 40 to one. Siwoo mm-hmm. Kim is 65 to one. Um, if you just look at their their tournament history, Sergio Garcia has been deadly at this tournament going back all the way the last 10 years. Uh, I think he's finished outside of the top 33 times. And Siwoo Kim, who won this tournament in 2017, finished T9 last year. And he's in pretty decent form, um, along with Sergio Garcia. Nothing to write home about, but their their tournament history says they will compete this week, both of them. And I took a long, hard look at their odds.
0: Yep. Yep, I agree with you on both those guys. I looked hard at Joel Damon not to win, but for a top 20, played here before, played well, playing pretty good golf. I also just couldn't – I couldn't basically take the same card from last week, but I was intrigued by Corey Connors. Again, ball striker, accurate, got some distance, feels like it sets up well. Again, he needs a hot short game week for it to all come together, yep. but there's still I mentioned, I mentioned his
1: putting ago. to you last week, and and shout-out to one of our buddies, Craig. Who, uh he texted me on the side and said, you were not lying. His putting is embarrassing. It is. It's uh, embarrassing. <laughs> it, uh <laughs> I mean, it, it really is. So we're gonna need to to step that up if uh if Corey Connors is is gonna win major tournaments like this.
0: That's right. Um, well, let's recap the cards uh and then any closing thoughts for the listeners and then we'll we'll wrap this up. So uh for me, Rom to win 10 to 1. I placed a full unit on it, re reconfigured the units to get a, a full one on there. Kepka to win half a unit, 35 to one. Berger also at 35 to one to win for a half unit with the top 20 plus 175 for a unit. Wills Alatoris to win 50 to 1. We aren't gonna miss it. Quarter of a unit, top 20, two to one for a unit. And then Sam Burns can't quit him, man. Just can't quit him. You mentioned the stat, the guy can putt. 55 to one quarter of a unit, top 20, two to one, half a unit.
1: Uh, my card, I'm um, big on Xander this week. The win bet, half a unit at 25 to one, and the top 20 at plus 120 for a full unit. Matt Fitzpatrick, you know, I can't quit that guy right now. 40 to one, half a unit on that win bet, and a full unit on the top 20 at plus 175. Same exact Will Torres bet. 50 to one for a quarter unit and then two to one top 20 for a full unit shane lowry to win at 50 to one for a quarter unit and then adam scott top 20 plus 150 for a half unit and that's all five of my units
0: somehow we got we got nine different golfers since we're both on will zala torres um, we will put, as I mentioned, under advisement if we're going to increase the units as we near Masters Week. But this is a really fun way to kick it off, whether or no weather. We will be back next week to break it down, talk about all the picks. I'm sure there'll be plenty of drama. Enjoy the players. A lot of iconic shots, a lot of iconic moments. Maybe we'll have another one this year. And hopefully, that's from a guy on this card. One of our cards. Now, we're, we're a team. We might compete but we're a team here on the walk right podcast we'll see you next week enjoy the tournament walk in those bets